Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. While you're standing, I just want to introduce the speaker this morning. He's going to be sharing from the Word of God. Wonderful woman of God. A wonderful woman, wonderful mother, great friend of ours that I've known for a long time now and blessed to see God's journey and hand upon her life. So would you put your hands together? Welcome one of the great team members, Tweet Coast Church, Pastor Victoria Beattie. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Isn't it good to be in God's house today? Amen. Awesome. Thank you, band. You guys can take your seats as well. And the band as well. At one moment during worship, I looked up and my beautiful brother-in-law had two pink fluffy ears sticking out of his head as he was playing the drums. (laughs) Best looking drummer I've ever seen. And has his second daughter due this week. How exciting is that? (laughs) Although you might pull a Meghan Markle and leave us waiting for three weeks. Okay. (laughs) We're going to get straight into it this morning. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Victoria and I'm Jessie's wife. And three years, eight months and three days ago, I became a mother. There he is. <laughs> Jessie and I became parents to Theodore Arma Beatty. What a cutie. <laughs> Theodore means God's gift and Arma is Māori for the original man from the earth. So he's our man, he's our gift, he's a wonderful boy. And this is us. So Jesse's hair was a little bit longer. (laughs) Not less attractive to me, darling. Um, And Theodore was just tiny and he's been growing big and strong ever since. These are my favourite mummy shots. Hey, what a boy. Built for the boxing ring. Uh, he, this, even this morning, he, I don't know what it is, but every day he asks me, are my thighs getting bigger? I say, yes, darling. He goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, um, I've been asked this morning to share with you Jesse and I's journey to having a family. Most importantly, I've been asked to share with you our God journey, our God story. So I'm going to attempt to keep the last three years as short as I can um, in terms of the story to really focus on what God did in our lives over this season. So it was January 2017 and we were camping down at Yamba (laughs) and um, I had a beautiful one-year-old who had about a five-year-old's worth of hair on his head (laughs) and Jesse and I decided let's have another one. We fell pregnant straight away and never in our wildest dreams did we expect the journey that was coming ahead. Here I am in Bali, um, 12 weeks into that pregnancy. It's the only shot I have of my little bump. (laughs) And it was two days later after this that our worlds got absolutely tipped upside down with our first miscarriage. I was completely um, just blown away. It was completely unexpected. And I innocently thought this shouldn't be happening to me, like anyone that goes through anything traumatic. I didn't know anything about miscarriages and I thought they don't happen to fit and healthy people, right? I also completely blamed myself and the only thing I can think of was that I'd ridden on the back of a scooter in Bali and had like a little bit of kombucha. (laughs) 
And I thought that had caused it. I didn't know. It was the longest flight home having to leave our baby in Bali. And I completely broke down at the doctors back in Australia when they reassured me that there was nothing I could have done. I spent a week walking around like a zombie, having to to correct people and to avoid them touching my belly (laughs) because um, everyone had already knew and I'd been showing for a while. No one prepares you for these things when um, you start out having a family. We named our little one Aaliyah, which means returning home. And just like with Ted, um, when he was born, we planted an olive tree in her memory. At the bottom of that little um, pot is a box of letters from all our immediate family and friends that they wrote to the little one that we never got to hold. We were told to try again straight away, which we did. I covered my house in scriptures, ones that um, I had beautiful friends and family surround me the entire time. And Christine Henderson sent me this page of the most beautiful scriptures. And one of them that I put up on my mirror was um, Psalm 34, verse 18. You can pop it up there. It says this, If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. And to be honest, that was all I was asking for, just like a, just a breath. I wasn't asking for fields of daisies. I was just so deeply hurt. Throughout this morning, I'm going to be sharing scriptures and things and thoughts. And one of the thoughts I want to share with you really early on is this. We should remember in hard times to allow God's truth to penetrate our minds when our emotions threaten to carry us away. We should remember to allow God's truth to penetrate our minds when our emotions threaten to carry us away. <laughs> so I covered my house in scripture. It was everywhere. I thought my cleaning lady's going to think I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, and i all on grief and I just pressed into God. It's incredible with a traumatic experience how there's kind of like a before you and then this after you. Like there's a before Vic to all this and I'm a different Vic now. Um, and the before Vic actually really enjoyed being pregnant. <laughs> I'd only had good thoughts towards the whole thing. And then the after Vic was just a pile of nerves that needed constant support from God. It was while I was in Miami, in Florida, not Palm Beach, (laughs) overseas, um, with my sister working, um, when she pointed out to me my clothes were a little tight and I realised I was pregnant again. I did a test as, um, and there I am, (laughs) a tiny bump that I sent to Jessie. I was like, I think this is happening. And when I got home, I did a test and um, there's two very clear blue lines and once again, once we were in the safe zone with this pregnancy, we taught Theodore, who was just learning how to speak, to tell all our family and friends, um, it was so cute one night, um, that we were pregnant again. One night, I was really overwhelmed with fear and um, I remember saying to Jesse, I just can't go through another miscarriage again. Like, I physically am not able to do that. And he encouraged me and told me to be brave and I didn't realise that what I was experiencing was actually probably mummy instinct and that we were losing our second one. The following morning while at church, I experienced miscarriage-like symptoms and spent a week in and out of hospital with scans slowly showing me that we were losing another baby. What a torturous experience that was. Our little boy this time went to be with his sibling. However, it was another two weeks before he left my womb. On this journey, I truly learned that joy and grief could coexist. When you walk with God, and it's only when you walk with God that that can happen. Because in amongst it all, I had some beautiful moments. And this is my only picture um, in that time that I absolutely loved. And in that two weeks, I had one baby passed, but still in my tummy, and another one in my arms. (laughs) I was knocked down, but I wasn't knocked out. 
and I um, actually believed for the entire two weeks for this baby to come back to life. I requested four ultrasounds at the hospital and just said, can you please keep checking? They thought I was crazy. I didn't actually realise that you could carry a baby that passed. I didn't know that was a thing. And I had to have an operation. And while I was um, in the waiting room all on my own, I was just praying, 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 God, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. I had the faith to believe it as well. The anaesthetist was a Christian. And to get my mind off things, I said to her, what are you up to tomorrow? <laughs> just to get my mind off things. She goes, actually, I'm heading off to Africa. And I said, excuse me? And she said, yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to be doing some mission work over there. And I found out she was a Christian. And she goes to me, what's happening here? And I said, I'm believing for a miracle. And she goes, I'll believe too. And I said, would you mind getting them to check one more time? And, um, and then she just, out the top, off the top of her head, <laughs> recited Isaiah 54 over me as they anaesthetized me and I went under. And these are the words here. Seeing barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your glowing family. And then I got knocked out. God was with me every single step of the way. (laughs) That was her very last shift at Tweed Hospital. Um, so that concluded my 2017. I'd spent over half the year pregnant and was heading into Christmas with no baby. And what I didn't actually share with you about that year is that my business was in limbo of possible bankruptcy and my father got diagnosed with bowel cancer. What a journey. <laughs> at that time, our theme at church changed to uncommon courage. Do you all remember that? And I was serving on the creative team at the time and I decided to write a statement of courage. And I was serving behind the scenes. I wasn't up here doing any of these things. And I wrote this statement of courage to be recited to our leaders and our volunteers at a small leaders service. And um, I gave it to Pastor John and he said to me, why don't you say it? You wrote it. And it was probably only a dozen, maybe half a dozen or so families that knew what I'd been through. I hadn't shared publicly yet. And so when I shared the statement of courage, it wasn't all of us here, but I wrote it for all of us. And I wanted to know if you wanted to hear it this morning. (laughs) It's not just about me. It says this. Be strong and courageous, he said to me. But Moses is dead, can't you see? I'm not him, I'm only me, and I'm struggling to lead my family. I want to prosper, but I can't get out of debt. I want to forgive, but I can't forget. How can I do things I've never tried when everyone in my family is placid and shy? His words and response I'll never forget. They pierce through head bone, heart and head. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave or forsake you. Something sparked my attention, a strength that wasn't from me. Be bold, I hear, as I take my first step. Be courageous becomes louder than the past to forget. Be strong and courageous. It's not a recommendation. It's a command straight from heaven, from the king of all nations. So I'll believe in my miracle. I will try again. I'll be set free. I'm going to influence men in the office, the work site, by my son's bed. I'll be fearless, strong and uncommonly courageous. It's not just for me, but for my family, both blood and friend, the ones that look to me. I'll be strong for them. In fact, for all future men. And I'll say to my enemies, who do you think you are? I'm the daughter of a king. So hurrah. <laughs> be 
Be gone to you and your common fears. I've got uncommon courage because the king lives here. (laughs) Who's thankful for pastors that seek God for themes within this church that are at the right time? So I spent six weeks, I think, in church just dwelling on this theme of uncommon courage and I was ready to start 2018. And I remember starting the year thinking, thank God last year is over. Has anyone ever started a year like that? He was like, thank the Lord, that year is done and dusted. Throughout 2017, the entire journey, it needs to be said that I was blown away by the support of this church community. I was completely surrounded by meals, flowers. It was like I'd given birth. (laughs) Um, I had so much love, gift vouchers, cards. Um, The outpouring was really humbling and beautiful. To be honest, however, I didn't like being on the receiving end of care and sympathy. I much prefer being on the other side where I get to give. Um, It was hard being, you know, the object of people's sympathy. But I was learning so many beautiful lessons about compassion. And with that, I started 2018. We fell pregnant for our fourth time. And we lost that little one who we call Patience on Good Friday. I thought that it was a new year and I thought starting um, off it just wouldn't be the same as the year before. And it's this season that I started to feel really, 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 really sad. Sadder than I'd ever felt before. And I'd find myself at Woolworths like doing the food shopping and then unable to finish. And I had theatre with me and I'm in public and I just could not stop the crying. And I have to like just leave the trolley and just walk home like a zombie. Where Where was Vic? Like the strong Vic. And um... I just held on to scriptures like Isaiah 41.10 where it says this. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then we fell pregnant for our fifth time in April last year. Clearly I don't have a baby in my arms so we know what happens with that one. But I decided to always choose hope with every pregnancy And I was thinking, it can't get any worse every time. Surely this is the last one. This little one went to be with its siblings around June last year. And I just remember thinking, God, where's the growing family with only elbow room? (laughs) Where's that? I now had five olive trees planted in pots in various stages of growth in my back deck. One angel here and four in heaven. When you discover that you're pregnant, your mind and your body prepare... Um, they don't just prepare, but they really dream. And that there's this new horizon. You've got like a new future and you imagine Christmas with that little one. You imagine these things. But when that dream is taken, your heart just absolutely shatters. <laughs> and it's easy to think that the people around you, even the ones on stage, have a field of daisies in their private worlds. Well, my heart was a wreck and I was showing signs of extreme fatigue. It was like I'd been through four horrific car accidents in my mind that no one had seen because the carnage was up here. <laughs> My business was turning around. My father got the all clear. But under the radar of my fourth miscarriage, I'd hit rock bottom. It's really easy to say never to certain things. I'm going to need a tissue. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, thanks. What a guy. Um, It's really, really easy to go, oh, I don't understand depression. I would never. I just choose joy. It's scriptural. You know, it's really, really easy to look at others um, on the other side and go, oh, never. I would never let myself get addicted. Oh, I would never consider divorce. 
I remember before kids, I was like watching everyone else. I was like, I would never lose my temper at my child in public. And now I yell at Theodore like every day. It's so easy to say never to things until life just knocks you off your feet. <laughs> and the very thing you judged people for is knocking at your door. And um, who's ready for a plot change <laughs> in this story? <laughs> Not one of us are exempt from the challenges that life throws at us. None of us. And so I was at, where was I? Rock bottom. So I, um, I would never have initiated it, but our, my, our beautiful pastors recommended that I take 12 weeks off my whole life. You think, oh, that might be easy for you. Well, it wasn't. It took me six weeks to organise it. <laughs> I own and manage a global retail business. And I have a full and wonderful life of things that I really enjoy doing. And um, I had a staff of about 20 at that time and I hadn't told them a single thing of the journey. And so I was their leader and I had to share incredibly personal things with them in a staff meeting and tell them their boss wasn't coming to work and was going offline for the next eight weeks and will they be okay? (laughs) I had a really great relationship with God and a really strong mental health leading into my first miscarriage. And I truly felt throughout the whole time an underlying sense of peace and joy carry me. Um, But there was no denying that my heart was broken and needed repair. So I cancelled everything speaking engagements, overseas trips, all my work, the lot. And this is part two of my story that I want to share with you. This is what God did. So I completely cleared my schedule of everything except being a wife and a mother. And I spent the second half of last year recovering and resting with God. I remember at the start of it sitting with Pastor Amy on my couch saying, what on earth am I going to do all day? (laughs) She said, spend it with God. And I was someone that had a really diligent devotional life that fit quite neatly into 15 minutes before 6 a.m. on a weekday. And um, (laughs) I also had a toddler and there's about 30 second intervals to his noise. So I was like, how am I going to spend, you know, the next three months just with God? And so I actually woke up at 5 a.m. every morning and and spent about an hour in uninterrupted prayer and Bible time. I'm not super spiritual. Sometimes I just sat there. with worship music on, I wasn't singing, I just sat there. Sometimes I cried, sometimes I just read the Bible, not to study it, I'm a big, I'm at Bible college, so I didn't just read it to study it, I just read it to let it wash over me with no agenda. Um, Yeah, I just enjoyed God's presence. I had no agenda other than to let God heal me, and heal me he did. This is a little picture from a weekend away that a beautiful friend from church booked and paid for us and just said, go. We were completely surrounded and carried by this church community over the last three years. So I spent my days with Theodore in the country or by the sea and we just played and slowly, really slowly, God healed me. I actually had forgotten, yeah, I'd actually forgotten what it felt like. Thank you. There's even better parts coming. But I actually... (laughs) I'd actually forgotten what it felt like to feel rested, um, refreshed, to feel restored because I'd lived pretty broken for quite a long time. I did discover some beautiful things. I discovered in that time that joy and grief can coexist when you walk with God. Um, I discovered there really is a supernatural peace that passes all understanding. I learned what it was like to fully rely on God, not my own ability. I learned what it was like to be carried by God and I learned what it was like to just sit in his presence. This season, I believe, made me a better human, 
much better mother, made me kinder, more compassionate, more grateful, more understanding of others. And I would never, ever ask for it again. I'm not that strong, but I'm not going to waste the experience by living the rest of my life with a broken heart. I wanted the part two. (laughs) You know, Jesus didn't come um, to start a movement or a religion or anything like that. He actually came to bring fullness of life to every person. That's what he came for. He actually came to bring fullness of life to every individual. And if you aren't living in in a full life, with joy, with joy that surpasses all understanding. He actually has everything you need to live that full life. And the most incredible thing happened to me in my last week of what I called stress leave. God actually just showed up. I'm going to get this out. He showed me an actual picture of all my babies in heaven being loved and cared for by him and actually better off than they would have been with me. And I felt the grief lift and the motherly desire to hold and raise my babies leave me. I couldn't have imagined that kind of work that he was going to do, but he did it. And it was finished and I felt light again and I felt healed. I went back to work, back to study and I started serving on the kids team here at church. (laughs) However, that, yeah, I know, (laughs) who would have thought? (laughs) However, the peace has stayed. Praise God for that. I still feel the deep work and the peace today. He's so faithful. And my baby's coming. (laughs) My business is on the mend. My dad's fully cleared. And, I, you know, what a rough two years. Now, obviously, I want to close with this. Obviously, I've fallen pregnant again. Number six. Um, My miscarriage was never really medically explained. And um, I had a lot of specialist support over the last three. Um, I just believe this one's a miracle. Mm. When I fell pregnant with this one, um, some beautiful girls in this church gathered at Emma Tobacco's house and they all they laid their hands on me and they said, stay. <laughs> so I believe this baby is a miracle. But I want to close by telling you how I've gotten through the minefield of this pregnancy. Number six. When I fell pregnant again, I shared with my father that it was a daily battle, if not an hourly battle, to control my thoughts. And I mean it, like hourly. <laughs> I was having weekly scans and blood tests to monitor me and nothing came up but um, the hospital environment brought back horrible memories for me. Scanning rooms were not my happy place. (laughs) I needed constant prayer and support and stopping throughout my day to control my thoughts. And my loving dad said to me, this one doesn't know your story. You need to protect it from the past. And I thought to myself, my goodness, how often does our future need safeguarding from our past? All my motherly instincts kicked in and this one needed protecting from a recently healed, broken-hearted mother. (laughs) It's going to be okay, baby. I got this. (laughs) And I started enjoying my pregnancy even before the safe zone. And if you've been through a traumatic experience, can I boldly say to you, you need to safeguard your future from your past. And my, dad, um, my dad's pastoral care of me has always been quite stern. <laughs> he sent me quite a stern text message with the following scripture the next day. And it said, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. He pretty much said, stop it. <laughs> stop worrying. It said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is just so faithful 
He's so faithful and he's with us on this journey every step of the way. Do you know that God is with you in the pain? He can actually give you peace in the pain. God can give you joy in the pain. And most importantly, God can completely set you free of the pain. He is so faithful. I just want to pray with you as I close today. Band, you can come on up. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.